Our scripture reading for today comes from the Common English Bible. Our reading for today comes from Matthew chapter 21, verses 28 through 32. What do you think? A man had two sons. Now he came to the first and said, Son, go and work in the vineyard today. No, I don't want to, he replied. But later he changed his mind and went. The father said the same thing to the other son, who replied, Yes, sir, but he didn't go. Which of these two did his father's will? They said, The first one. Jesus said to them, I assure you that tax collectors and prostitutes are entering God's kingdom ahead of you. For John came to you on the righteous road, and you didn't believe him. But tax collectors and prostitutes believed him. Yet even after you saw this, you didn't change your hearts and lives, and you didn't believe him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. For our parable this week, it's all about being willing to change. In it, we have two sons. The father goes to the first and says, go work in the vineyard today. The son says, no, I don't want to. But later he changes his mind and he decides to go. And the father says the same thing to the other son. The son says, yes, I will go. But he doesn't. And the question that Jesus asks is, which one has done his father's will? Now, at first glance, this may seem like a rather easy question. But it's meant to be a bit of an easy question. Of course, it's the one who actually went to do the work. He's the one that did his father's will. But the deeper understanding of this parable is all about being willing to change. We see this in the first layer that we get with Jesus' response to the crowds. The authority of Jesus had been called into question by, again, the Pharisees and the religious experts. So Jesus points out that John the Baptist came and called people to change their lives and turn to God. And who responded? Those who initially had turned away. The tax collectors and the prostitutes. And he's pointing out that they're the ones who listened. They're the ones who were willing to change their minds and do what was right. Whereas those who thought they were already doing the right thing saw John and said, that's not for me. I'm already doing God's will. But in doing so, they deny that anything needs to change. They deny that they are doing anything wrong at all. They have nothing to turn away from. They have no reason to change their minds. But we see the tax collectors and the prostitutes who had been headed the wrong way hearing the call, changing, and by doing so, doing God's will. And that gets to the deepest level of understanding that I find in this parable. Because we could take the surface meaning and think it was just to correct them, and then we're done. 
But it speaks to something deeper. Jesus poses the question, you saw people's lives being changed, so why didn't you think you could change? And the reason that this strikes me is because it speaks both to the idea of turning to God to following God. And the idea of hearing something, taking it in, and changing because of that. And in many ways it speaks to the many great difficulties that we find in the church today. We see it in a lot of different ways. We see it in the conflict and the strife that we see within the church as a whole between different denominations and within our own denomination. Interestingly, a lot of it comes down to this is what I've always done, and I see no reason to think I would ever change. An interesting thing here is that that's the view of the religious experts in Christ's day. The ones who looked at him and said, we don't need what you're offering. Surely, they were already doing everything that God wanted. And they had to think, I'm following God. I don't need anything else. I'm doing everything already. And I never have to think about it again because I know what I'm doing is the right thing to do. And we see this in many issues. One of the big places that we see it, and one that strikes at me, is the debate between people who think that you either believe science or you believe the Bible. The view is sometimes seen as if the Bible and science appear to disagree, then science must be ignored. Science must be wrong. The position is that we know what the Bible says, so we have no reason to change our minds. To me, the entire thing is a false problem. I don't believe in science. Science is. Because science delves into the provable reality around us. Just as I don't believe in gravity. My belief doesn't change anything. I know gravity is there because I can't jump and leave the planet. Does this mean that if I accept scientific things that contradict the Bible, that the Bible is no longer worth anything? No. thing is, I can change how I understand what Scripture says. Do I have to reject the Bible if I accept science? No. Because at the heart of our message is that 
we can change. That was the message that Jesus brought us. Not to forget all the scriptures. Not to say, look, everything old is gone. But to say, look, I want you to see this now through me. We now see our relationship with God in a new way. Does that new way invalidate everything in the Bible that comes before? No. Because we see our relationship with God through Christ. And it changes the way that we read those scriptures. But it doesn't invalidate them. The Bible may speak of the earth as flat. Knowing it's round, does that invalidate the Bible? No. Because I can accept what limited scientific knowledge the author had. And I can read it for the spiritual truth that it gives. Often this debate strikes me as odd. Because so often we get so tied up in the views that we have that we become unwilling to ever think that we need to change our minds on anything. And in some ways it means that we deny Christ the ability to change us. We deny the ability of the Holy Spirit to guide us. We deny God's ability to show us new things. And that's a problem. It's a problem because the world is not a static place. We are not static creatures with static knowledge of what the world is around us. We are people who live and think and grow, who discover new things. And we are often called to change. Now, one of the reasons that this came to the forefront for me is because of the way that I think about my relationship with Christ. I think about it as Christ always showing me something new. I don't sit down and read the Bible always expecting to find the same thing. If I did, I would never have to read it again. Because I could memorize it, have it down, and say, yep, I know everything that's there. I know for certain exactly who and what God is and exactly what God wants and exactly how to get there. I could put the Bible down and never read it again. And that doesn't work for me. If my only view of the Bible is as a historical text, I can pick it up, memorize it, and be done with it forever. And the reason is that 
As my life brings new experiences, I read God's word in a new way. We all do. And the reason is that my life brings new experiences. Brings change. Because events in life make us think about what's going on. And we turn to God and say, God, what's going on? But we have to be willing to accept that answer. Even if the answer might be, I need you to see things in a new way. I need you to listen. The struggle that I find is that we often want to listen, but we mainly want to listen so that we can have our views confirmed, not to have them challenged. We want our beliefs to be upheld at every turn so that we never have to change. One of the most important things that I have discovered in life is that life is a constant series of changes. To give you an example, I do not treat my children the same way that I did when they were born. No longer do I hold them, feed them, and clothe them thinking they can do none of it themselves. Because they've changed. No matter how much I may want them to be those soft little babies again, I love who they are today. That they dress themselves. That they feed themselves. That I know there's many things that I do for them now that someday they will not need me to do. And it will change once again. So is life. But what if we think about our relationship with our Heavenly Father in the same way? That when we're spiritually young, God says one thing to us because that's what we need God to be for us in that moment. And God knows what we need. But is that always going to remain the same? That God, who once held us in his arms and put us in our diapers of faith, will someday have lessons for us that we weren't ready for before. When we learn to walk, things change. We learn to run. We learn to jump. We gain understanding. We gain wisdom. We gain experience. And we see new things and we're ready for new things. I read the Bible in much the same way. I may have read a story in my youth and understood it one way. And I read a story as an adult in a completely different way. Because things have changed. I have changed. What I can comprehend has changed. We're no longer the children of Sunday school, coloring a picture of Noah's Ark. We gain a deeper understanding as we grow, and sometimes it requires us to change how we see things. Because the problem is, if we can't change, we become stuck. Because we no longer see a need to do anything different. And soon that becomes no longer a need to do anything. And that's what Jesus is pointing out in these parables. Jesus is saying, I'm teaching you this new thing. God is pointing you in this new direction. And yet you want to cling to what you think you already know. 
Look, these people who you think aren't doing the right thing at all, they figured out how to change their minds so that they could change their lives. Why can't you? I take that to heart when I turn to Scripture. I don't turn to it so that it affirms the views I already have. I turn to it so that it may teach me. I turn to Christ so that he can instruct me in the new thing that I need to know today. We must be a people willing to change because change is not viewed as a bad thing in the Bible. Change is seen as a way of gaining wisdom and becoming stronger in our faith. Change is shown as something good. Even God is portrayed as being willing to change. Abraham and God discuss how many good people would save Sodom and Gomorrah. Moses is seen as getting God to turn from destroying the Israelites in the wilderness. We ourselves look to impact God in some way through prayer. Our hope is in change. Change is a positive thing. Change keeps us from rejecting everything that we see that doesn't conform to the ideas we already have. And it keeps us from letting our hearts be hardened against anything new. And I believe Christ is making all things new. All things are going to require change. Now this doesn't mean that we reject Scripture simply because new things come to light. It means we see it with new eyes. We hear it with new ears. We experience where we are because God meets us where we are in our lives, in our day, and in our time. I don't know about any of you. But it doesn't look much like first century Israel outside our doors. It doesn't look much like second century Greek diaspora in this building. God meets us where we are today. And it's a matter of trusting that God will get us where we need to be. That God will let us know what it is we need to know because we trust that Christ will always take us where we should be. Not just where we want to be. But to get there, we have to be willing to change our minds when we see something that challenges us. So this is the thought that I leave you with. How is God speaking to you? And are you listening? When you pick up the Bible and open it up and you read, are you expecting to find the same old, same old? Are you picking it up and expecting to find the living word vibrant and new speaking to you today? Do we allow the Bible to speak to us where we are? Or are we constantly trying to contain the Bible where we want it to stay? 
Are we allowing Christ to speak to us about the here and now? Do we allow Christ to act in our lives? Because it all comes down to the same question. Are you willing to change your mind? Amen.